Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Hey y'all, we're back for another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast dedicated to keeping the Christmas spirit alive 365 days a year. I'm Julia. I'm Tom. And I'm Anthony. And I'm also pleasantly surprised to be talking to you guys tonight. Yeah, it's like a surprise record night, thanks to Ellie's sweet little baby head. Oh. We are really stacking up our recordings so i'm sure y'all are gonna pick up on the fact that we're jam-packing them all in because we've got a busy end of the month this month we've got easter we've got trips to beaches and i have nothing exciting happening in my life so but this just shows how much we love you all because we don't want you guys to go without a week no we don't because we love bringing weekly episodes to our regular listeners or it shows how narcissistic we are in the fact that we think the world can't exist without us for a week I think it's a little bit of both. Can't it be both? I don't think that at all. <laughs> we're, we're all writers. We all have a complex. <laughs> Do you have to be a writer to have a complex? I, I don't think you have to be a writer to have a complex, but I think you have to have a complex to be a writer. Yes, ah. I think that's perfectly that's probably right. Um, that's probably right. Well, I'm excited what we're kicking off tonight. I am. What are we kicking off tonight? TV month. Woohoo! Woo! Went so well last time, we're bringing it back for more. We're bringing TV back. Yeah. And what are we bringing it back with? Parks and Rec. Yes. The show I single-handedly attribute to both of y'all telling me to watch. So thank so you. And We're thank the best. Y'all are the best. Definitely. I'm going to go right out on a limb and say that Parks and Rec has edged out the office for my favorite show. So I was... Well, yeah, I was trying to figure out why I don't feel that way when I was I watching Julia on this one. I think it's because so I I love this show. I don't not love this show. I love that I watched it through multiple times. I just prefer The Office. And I think it's probably comes down to this is a little more for me, a little bit more outlandish overall, a little more cartoony overall, which I've discussed before with some of our movies and stuff like and I and even the Office Christmas episodes, uh, I discussed like, eh, this one was a little too cartoony. You know what I mean? And I was like, I kind of thought of The Simpsons, right? Because Parks and Rec did such a good job of creating this whole world, this mm-hmm. uh, Springfield type world of Pawnee, like mm-hmm. all these uh, regularly recurring residents who show up in episode to episode, mm-hmm. and it's very Simpsons esque in that manner. And that's not a bad thing. It's just like I said in the Simpsons episode, like I wasn't the biggest fan of it. Mm-hmm. And I am a huge fan of Parks and Rec. I love the show, but I think it's probably that aspect where I give the edge to the office a little bit more in my mind. I've never made the connection between the Simpsons and this, but you are so right. Purred happily is a Simpsons character. What's her face? The news 
not the news, the talk show girl. What's her name? Jean Calamezzo. She's totally Something. a Simpsons character. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, so I, I think they are very similar in a lot of ways. They I are. mean, I, I love this show 20 times more than I love The Simpsons. <laughs> but I think that's probably where The Office edges it out. And it's, it's, very, it's very, very, very close. It's not like I love The Office 20 times more. It's just right. that's where I would give it the slight edge in my personal book. So just to get that out of the way. The office kept everything a lot more isolated, right? You didn't know any ancillary characters outside of Dunder Mifflin, whereas mm-hmm. this is encompassing an entire town. For the most Compared- part, I mean, yeah, I mean, we knew people like Bob Vance and Moe's and stuff, but like, yeah, you're one hundred percent. We only knew right. them because they were um, connected. We only knew them to because the they were connected to Dunder Mifflin. I mean, yep. here mm-hmm. random people that are not connected that have their whole lives outside of it that we understand as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. But I think. I I am loving the fact that all three of us love this show because this should be making a very fun episode. Mm-hmm. So there are only two Christmas episodes on the entire run of Parks and Rec. So we are only covering two tonight. Um, and let's just jump right in. So the first one is going to be season two, episode 12's Christmas Scandal. This one aired in 2009, December 10th, 2009. So The synopsis for this one is Leslie is falsely accused of having sexual relations with a sleazy Pawnee councilman. Meanwhile, the rest of the office takes on Leslie's work while she deals with the scandal and officer Dave has more surprising news for Leslie. So so I think we should just rewind it a little bit and just for listeners who may now have watched the show, because I don't think this was as big abroad as um, Yeah. Like, it's a show about small-town government in the Midwest in the uh, Parks and Recreation Department in a small town mm-hmm. called Bonnie in the Midwest, Indiana. And our star is a very enthusiastic um, government employee, feminist, aspires to be the first woman president, Leslie Nope, played by Amy Poehler, who's amazing. Yes, And she, she works is. with a bunch of cynical government people, as you would expect. And it's mm-hmm. her brightness contrasted with their uh you know cynical view of the world that a lot of the humor on the show stems from so recurring office mates of this parks and rec office so your study characters are um tom haverford played by aziz ansari you would know him stand-up comedian plus he's on master of none is that the show that he was on is it's on yeah they're shooting the new season soon it's a great show all right. And then you've got uh, Ron Swanson, lots of people's favorites, played by Nick Offerman, who so you would know primarily from this show. Um, I met him, also- no big deal. Oh, my gosh. Really? I showed you guys okay. a picture of Van Him. You did. Oh, that's right. Is that when you worked for Rolling Stone? Oh, you met the yeah. whole cast. I met him in Aubrey Plaza. Yep. Two good ones. Aubrey Plaza. <laughs> is a member of Parks and Rec as well, as she plays April Ludgate. You also have Chris Pratt before he became Chris Pratt. Um, he plays Andy Dwyer. And this is one who is about 250 pounds heavier than Star-Lord. And I do love the way they acknowledge that later in the show. He comes back from a season break and he's thin again. 
or he's not, he's thin, not again, he's thin. And he makes some offhand comment like, well, you know, I used to just live on beer and what did he say? Pizza or something. And I decided to stop doing that. But you look at him and you're like, you were filming Guardians of the Galaxy, weren't you? And, totally- and I love how in reverse Marvel commented on the fact that I started to gain his weight back a little bit in Infinity War when Rocket said you're one donut away from being fat and he got really offended by it. I thought that was really funny. funny. Awful. Um, Also recurring characters, um, Amy Poehler's character's best friend is played by Rashida Jones, who also plays very funny roles in very funny movies. Um, She's And was on The Office. And was on The Office, but I didn't like her near as much when she was, at least not the beginning. Not the beginning, yep. But she then they kind of though. She really did. And, yeah, because she, she was yep. super sweet. You're just, don't mess You're with the gym relationship. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then during this episode, Paul Schneider was still on the show as Mark Brandenowitz. And um, he's not on there in later seasons, but I, I liked his character too for what he was when he was there this particular episode also features louis ck in a guest starring role as dave sanderson who is romantically involved with leslie nope at the time i loved his character when he was on the show <laughs> me this too the awkward bumbling cop yeah cop he really plays it well you didn't like I, him tom uh i did but i heard something from sarah silverman and i can't get it out of my head Oh, I think we've all uh-huh. heard that. I, it's yeah. all I can think the entire time. That's all I uh, think when I think of her or him. Can, can I just say, I loved his introduction on this show. It was the episode where Amy Poehler, uh, Leslie and Tom were staking out Mark and Anne's date in a van. And, <laughs> and he thinks Tom is like a creeper. And Tom is, just keeps going back and forth with him like, nice job, Paul Blart. And he just... <laughs> <laughs> wrestles him to the ground in the van. Oh, um, also guest starring, and I have to mention her because she's in one of my favorite movies, um, Leslie Nope's mom, Marlene Nope, is played by Pamela Reed on the show, who is also a career politician, which is who Leslie aspires to be. Um, and she is in Kindergarten Cop. And I love her in Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> You're forgetting two main cast members. You're missing I'm Donna getting there. And- I'm getting there. They're just lower on my list. In her own time, she's the host. Come on. <laughs> the uh, so the other two members of the office are Jerry, Jerry, and Jerry, Jerry Gergich, and um, Gary, who, and Gary. Oh, that's right, Jerry, Jerry, and Gary. Um, he is a, he's the bumbling idiot member of the office basically and they always rag on him we'll feature him more in the next episode that we will discuss <laughs> um he's played by jim o'hare and then donna meagle <laughs> love donna meagle is played by retta and she's awesome on this show she has so many can, nuggets of truth i can understand you saving jerry for last but relegating <laughs> donna to the end of the list the best I for believe- last you don't want to end on a there nobody wants to end on Jerry. We just bookended this with two strong women, Leslie okay. Nope and Donna Meagle. Touche. <laughs> I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Donna so, <laughs> Donna solidified herself as my favorite character with the whole treat yourself thing. Like treat yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
oh, from that on, I'm like, okay, love Donna Meagle. Actually, okay, so that's a yeah. legit question. Who is your favorite member of the Parks and Rec office? So yours is Donna, Tom? Mine is for different reasons. Like for comedic value, it's Donna. But um, I'm going to really cheat and say my favorite is Leslin. <laughs> is that Ron and Leslie? No, Ben and Leslie. Ben and Leslie. Is that what they called him? Or did That's you just what come I'm calling them so that I can put them okay. in as one. I do love Ron Swanson. God, I don't know. Why do I have to, why do I have to rank? <laughs> you asked me like this. I feel like, I'm, I feel like I'm giving Sophie's choice here. <laughs> what about you, Anthony? Ron or April? <gasps> April too. April. Man. I, can clear, I feel like I can clearly say Chris Traeger is my least favorite. I feel like I can do that. 100% agreed with you. I love Chris Traeger. We won't get to him until the next episode. We also won't get to Ben until the next episode. For that I have matter. a question for you guys. Which Parks and Rec character are you most like? I know you're, I, you're like Leslie. Right? Uh, yeah, I'm Leslie. <laughs> I hope I'm Leslie. I want to be her. <laughs> That's a better question. Not who do you like the most? Who are you most Let like? Me look at something real quick. Oh, that's a that's an outstanding question. That's Who are one. you most like, Anthony? I'm probably a mix of Ron and April, but like yeah. I don't hate government like Ron does. I'm probably <laughs> Leslie on that front, but personality wise, I'm probably much more Ron and April. <laughs> yeah, you got a healthy <laughs> dose of April in you, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on one second. Favorite is um, Andy. Always has been. I love Andy. He does not get how much I love Leslie. Ethan loves Andy. Oh, yeah. You know, I can agree with, I can agree with Julia as Leslie, but I'd really put uh, Anthony Moore as a Craig. Craig? How dare you, sir? You are so not Craig. <laughs> Go ahead. Yell about it, Anthony. Show some real, like, anger here. Just like Craig. Craig is so much fun to watch, though. <laughs> no, I, I could not watch him. I got so... Really? Well, he kept doing this, like, at first it was funny, but by the end where he's just doing the same bit over and over oh, and over again. Well, you know, you know what? You're a reaction. How's that? <laughs> I love that. I love hearing that from you, Anthony. I love that you think that. He said, that's Chris Traeger, so. I love Chris Traeger. I want to be the Ben, really. I, I like Ben. I really love Chris Traeger. All right. You're, let's get you're the John Ralphio, Tom. Oh, now that is an insult. I love John Ralphio, though, so I felt bad. Uh, I, I hated calling him that just now. John Ralphio, it's... Uh, that whole family is something else, man. The Ralphios. Oh. <laughs> I love Tom and Okay, John. so this episode... <laughs> um, so in this episode, Leslie, we have another recurring character that pops up here and there. It's the council member that has sexual problems, um, Bill Dexhart. He's always embroiled in some really tacky sexual scandal, like really tacky. Um, so he's he's in this scandal. Um, the episode opens with Leslie and her team doing a Follies uh, performance for the Christmas pageant type thing and she stands up there and she makes fun of of dex heart and roasts him a bit and makes these wild accusations in jest uh ends up he meets her he asks her to meet him for lunch the next day they meet and he's like okay all of that that you said was real who told you and she's like uh uh so she gets wrapped up in the scandal because he decides it's a lot easier for him to wrap 
the scandal up with him also being involved with Leslie Nope instead of letting the real story come out. So well, the real the story whole- was he had we got to go to how <laughs> crazy the real story was. He'd had an affair with a housekeeper, right? And while she was in the hospital giving birth, he slept with four of the nurses. Yeah. <laughs> Some of whom got pregnant. Yeah, that's right. That was it. I'm like, there was another part. Oh, it was And he had to leave this dinner with Leslie because one of them was in labor. (laughs) Or two of them were because he said he was, he was, he was needed at two hospitals for delivery. (laughs) So how in the world does he play that with a straight face? (laughs) I don't get it. So she's outraged because she made some mention. One of my favorite lines is that she always knew she'd be part of a scandal, but she thought it would be with the vice president. And because she's got a thing for Joe Biden. Yeah. And she'd be president. Um, So she spends the entire episode trying to defend her honor, basically. And (laughs) which means she's not doing her job. So the other funny part of this one is, you know, it's Christmas season. There's a lot that goes on with that. So Ron has to delegate her her job to the rest of the people in the office. And it's like the first time they really sit back and see how much she does. She does the job of like 80 different people. Literally does. And it's not just that Ron is having to do work. It's the work he's having to do that is so funny. So he's got to run a town meeting and listen to people gripe about stupid crap the whole time and you know he has no patience for that um so this episode is not heavy on christmas necessarily until you get to the last eight minutes of it the opening yeah the opening too i thought they did a good job of just doing a sprinkling Christmas throughout the episode in the background. Like the town was decked out yeah. for Christmas. The building, the government building was decked out for Christmas. Like even through the windows, you can see the outside trees. You do have a side story of um, Anne and Mark are dating at this point. So you do have the nice side story of Mark trying to figure out what to buy Anne. And of course, Tom is like, you've got to get her diamonds, man, because diamonds are the best and all ladies love diamonds. And so that's kind of a... And you have the other side of April trying to find a Christmas, allegedly trying to find a Christmas (laughs) gift for her gay boyfriend. Yes. Um, And Andy offering offering suggestions. (laughs) We'll be That's right. (laughs) Broke back down the DVD. Fellas love that. (laughs) (laughs) But the whole time, like, where you were going, Anthony, is April really likes Andy. So she just wants to spend time with him. And that's part of the ploy of asking him questions about this. Andy lets slip what he would love for Christmas. And I do love the end of this episode. Mm -hmm. I'll definitely say. So Leslie ends up defending her honor and escaping the clutches of this scandal by proving he's lying about sleeping with her because he, they're on the Joan Calamezzo show and he says she has a birthmark on her booty and she says, no, I don't. And the way to get out of it, she drops her pants on television and proves that she does not have a birthmark on her tush. And everybody's very proud of her for doing that, even though it seems kind of like a bad idea at the time. Um, But sure enough, she does it and she escapes the clutches of scandal and 
that all turns out well. Um, at the end of the previous episode, Louis C.K.'s character, Dave, had asked Leslie to move with him to, I don't remember where. San Diego. San Diego, because he had he was moving for his job and he loves her and she likes him very much as well. And so she's struggling with it the whole episode. And there's something about this episode and how it all works out that she realizes her love is Pawnee and her love are the people in the office and her love is this job and she's meant to be there. And so she tells him that she cannot go to San Diego with him. So this is the last episode for Louis CK for a little while. And, and the ending is sweet because she's kind of feeling down and then she goes to the Christmas festival at the park and uh, they waited. The tree was supposed to be lit over an hour ago, but they waited because she worked so hard to put it together to let her light it herself. And I thought, yes, gave me all the feels that ending. They gave me all the feels. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it looks so pretty. I love the town, the town at Christmas time here. I really love it. And then the post credits was really sweet too, because all it is, is Leslie coming back into the office and Ron handing her her notebook back because she's notorious for her notebooks and her going right into her office and kind of smiling and getting on the phone and starting her work. And then everybody else is looking at her like with appreciation and happiness that she's back. And I think that's what pushes this show over the edge to me than the office is the camaraderie in the office. In this office, the Parks and Rec office really does it for me a lot more than the office office, the Dunder Mifflin office. I like the, this one's a warmer feel to it. Yeah, Um, I think where the office edges out for me is because I've never had that camaraderie like this in an office. And that's probably a little bit more true to me. Sure. I get that. I have had this camaraderie in an office and it's awesome. But I feel like I have it with my job right now, and I love it. Oh, good. Oh, and Anthony's going to be all like sunshine and butterflies. The longer he has this new boss, he's going to be like, oh, I love going to the office every day. It's so positive. It was such a great <laughs> It really was. <laughs> Any favorite scenes or quotes from this episode of Parks and Rec? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Go oh, on. yeah. So <laughs> one of mine, they, oh, they have to there bring is- beer sanitation guys so they clean up the dust so they empty the dumpsters so the raccoon they don't get overrun by raccoons Mm -hmm. so this is an exchange by ron in april and ron's like got a call from some panicky morning joggers apparently sanitation didn't empty the dumpsters the raccoons delight and april says i thought raccoons were supposed to be nocturnal and ron's like not this town sweetheart in this town 24 7 we can't have raccoons for the christmas thing They'll hunt the kids for sport. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Nick Offerman is so good in this show. He's so good. I love him. I, I, and if, when you meet him in real life or like see him in real life or interviews or anything with him, he is Ron Swanson. He is very, yeah. That makes me happy to hear that. (laughs) I love that he's an avid woodworker in real life. And yeah, I mean, after knowing that, I knew that before I watched the show, I'm like, man, that's like legit. (laughs) Like he really, that probably is his workshop. When Marty watches the show and he sees Ron Swanson's workshop, all he says is, look at all the clamps. You know how much (laughs) money worth of clamps that is? (laughs) 
So Marty's a woodworker too. Marty makes a very valid point with that. Yeah, that's a lot of clamps. I have a lot okay, of what's your quote? I have a lot of them. Um, okay, go. I like it when Leslie announced, she says, uh, our tree lighting ceremony will be simulcast on internet radio. And Tom goes, that's a really big deal. And she's like, it is, thank you. Tom says, listening to the tree lighting is going to be dope. <laughs> 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 Leslie doesn't even know his he's being sarcastic. <laughs> How about you, Julia? Uh, so I like. I'll do a Jerry, Jerry Gary quote. Um, so this is the very beginning of the episode. So Leslie goes. So let's talk sketch, guys. Um, the kids are going to come at nine a.m. on Saturday, and everyone's going to do Santa for two hours. So I would just advise everyone before you get into your costume to go to the bathroom so we can avoid what happened last year. And Jerry goes, "It was just farts." <laughs> <laughs> that was my next one poor jerry so i liked when um leslie is talking about the 24-hour news cycle and she's like in a 24-hour news cycle the tiniest story gets dissected over and over again in 2004 a kid from pawnee went to the olympics and it was reported on for over a year he wasn't even competing or anything he was just going literally to watch the olympics <laughs> And Anthony, let me tell you, live in New York. You don't know what this is like. No, 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 no. I do. I forgot to tell this story because where Sarah's from is exactly like this. Every story has to really, on CBC Newfoundland, has to relate back to like someone Carrie Fisher died. It was like Carrie Fisher, who visited Newfoundland once, dead at like, and I'm like, seriously. Oh <laughs> but this also reminds me of like a t one of my favorite Tom quotes from like, I think it was this season two and he was like Pawnee is just now discovering Nirvana I don't have the heart to tell them what happens to Kurt Cobain in a few years <laughs> right. you know Tom Haverford had to do a warm-up for me like um, Michael Scott did like the first few episodes I didn't like Tom but then I really liked Tom so really even that. now if you go back and watch the first few Aziz hadn't built the character yet no Mm -mm. It wasn't there. I feel like a lot of them hadn't, but I feel like that's the same for a lot of shows. Like they grow into their. Yeah, game. that's absolutely true. It took me a few episodes to get into this one, but once I was in, I was hooked. Yep. I had the same issue with uh, Scott Bean and Game of Thrones. John Bean. Did you? I fought him. Right it was a joke because he was dead in like episode three. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was episode eight. Whatever. He died <laughs> early in season one. If by early you mean three quarters of the way through. <laughs> early in the show. I loved I, him, though. I, I love you, Tom. I still love Sean Bean as Ned. Ugh. Yeah, I do, too. I love Sean Bean as the character that always dies. It's, no, he plays Ned Stark. He was also Boromir in Lord of the Rings. But he literally is the character that always dies. dies. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, he is. And uh, you loved him from the beginning of season one of Game of, of episode one of Game of Thrones. You had to grow to like Boromir in Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah, you did. But by the time he died in both, it was, it was like a gut punch. Yeah. So back to happier news. I've got a Leslie quote here. Yeah. At the end, it's gotten a lot harder to work in government. You think Winston Churchill ever had to pull his pants down and show his butt? No. But would he have? Yes. Now, could he have? Well, maybe not towards the end of his life, but he would have because he loved his job. <laughs> Our tangents are the best. <laughs> me so happy. I love it. Um, okay, so I like when... So it's right after the tab the it's right after the scandal is hit. 
And Leslie goes, all I did was write and perform in one amazing skit. And Ann Perkins says, Leslie, it's the Pawnee Sun. It's a tabloid. Nobody else has written about it. Tom goes, yeah, nobody believes that garbage. Nobody believes this thing. And then you see Donna slaps the paper up against the window <laughs> and it says like, Leslie sleeps. It's something real, you know, tawdry and all of that about the scandal. She goes, Leslie, what? Nice work, girl. <laughs> Through the window. <laughs> I love when Ron has to host Leslie's town meeting. Um, and Leslie loves those town meetings because it gives her a chance to go out and talk to the people. Yeah. But Ron, I guess, really had no clue what it was going to entail. So when he shows up, he's like, my name is Ron. You don't need to know my last name. Whoever wants to talk, go ahead and we'll be out of here in a tight 15. <laughs> and then there's just a slew of people complaining about the most ridiculous things isn't it that kids should not be allowed at the park kids shouldn't be allowed at the park some lady found a sandwich at the park and wanted to know why there wasn't mayo on it <laughs> it's just a bunch of random stuff and ron just looks like he his life listening to it. if you talk to city counselors that it's really it legitimately is that bad for like city officials oh, oh i'm sure uh well since you brought up ron i'm gonna do a ron we, we hinted at it when they were talking about how much work Leslie does. Ron's like, okay, Ron's like, uh, I have to run a public forum, supervise the maintenance crew, and teach crafts at the senior, senior center simultaneously. <laughs> <laughs> I like it when he splits it up. He's like, okay, so we've got to handle her tasks for the day. He said, so dividing, what does he say? Dividing all of them amongst four of us, that leaves us with, and then he's like, 10 or 12 apiece. <laughs> you see him look at the schedule like, oh my God. So you mentioned it earlier, Tom's giving advice to Mark about what to get in. Seriously, how are you picking every quote I'm going to do right before I do it? This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and Tom is like, there's a woman alive who doesn't love diamonds. Even the super left-wing chicks who saw blood diamond and cried. When they get a diamond, they're like, yeah, get more than blood diamonds make them extra bloody <laughs> along oh the same lines with tom it's uh when he's talking to mark he's like have you seen ann you know how hot she is men give her that caliber speedboats private jets not computer bags <laughs> <laughs> okay so i love at the end then when Mark gives her the computer bag and she's so excited about it. She's like, oh my gosh, you remembered I needed one. I needed one so bad. Thank you so much. And then she's like, well, I got you something too. And she gives him tickets to the Rams or something. I don't know. She gives him some sports ball tickets and he gets excited about it too. And he's like, I have actually have another gift for you. He's like, you don't have to go to any of these games with me. And she's like, oh my gosh, that's like the best gift ever. <laughs> I like that between the three of us. We, we know everything about this episode. We've been able to chime in and help each other until it comes to sports ball. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I love when, uh, this exchange between April and Andy about ideas for her gay boyfriend's Christmas. <laughs> and he's yeah. like, oh, hey, hey, I've been thinking about your gay boyfriend all day and I've got some awesome ideas. And she's like, okay. And he's like, first idea, spray tan gift certificates. Uh, <laughs> no. Trip to Germany? Germany is awesome and expensive. Good call. I didn't think of that. Okay, you know how people say that you should give gifts that you would want to get yourself? What do you want? <laughs> Easy. Indianapolis Colts Reggie Wayne jersey, number 87, double XL, home blue, Simon Reggie Wayne, right after he catches a touchdown to win the Super Bowl. It's just like, 
okay, never mind. And as she walks away, she has a smile on her face, and he calls after her, no, hip-hop stance fitness DVD? (laughs) (laughs) It's just these ideas of what he thinks. He's so good-natured. He he has such a good heart. He does. Yeah. (laughs) I liked it when Leslie and Dave are talking about uh, Councilman Deckhart. And uh, Dave, as a police officer, says, if I ever see that guy, I'm going to punch him in the face. And Leslie says, yeah, that's sweet. Use your nightstick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't have the quote, but I really like it when they ask, maybe one of y'all have it, where Louis C.K., when he asks Louis C.K.'s character a question about how much do you love something and he interprets it wrong. He didn't realize it's how much do you love Leslie and he's going on and on about how much he loves something. The reserves. Maybe that's it. His, his that position at the reserves. Yeah. Yeah. I just love Louis C.K.'s character. <laughs> in a sense of the general. He's like, yeah. um, when when she says she can't go to San Diego, just how awkward he is. And she's like, you want the ticket back? He's like, no. You know what? You keep it. You may want to come visit me, right? I mean, there's a $75 charge, but I could pay you that or or yeah. you could pay. I could reimburse you. There's, yeah. lots, there's lots of ways we could handle it. I love that. There's lots of ways we could handle it. <laughs> He's so sweet and well-meaning and I really liked him in this show. Yeah, Not so much too. when he comes back for that one episode, but I liked him. I liked it when uh, it, they're, they're watching the TV and Donnie's talking and he's like, the big issue now is who is this mystery woman? She and Nope are standing very close to each other and Leslie's like, no, no, don't say it, don't say it. And he's like, and anytime you see two, young, two women standing very close to each other, you immediately assume lesbian. <laughs> and then Leslie takes a step away from it. <laughs> Just steps a, one step off. <laughs> oh, gosh. This movie, this show, this episode was great. Want to rank I it? just want to redo one more that Anthony said. I have to read it again. It was when Ron's like, we can't have raccoons just for the Christmas thing. They'll hunt the kids for sport. I know <laughs> Anthony read it, but good night, guys. That quote was funny. Uh, I don't know if you guys said it or not, but I have it here in case not. Where, when she comes back, did anybody talk about the messages waiting for Leslie? Did anybody do that quote? No. There's a bunch of messages waiting for you about a bunch of things I don't understand. Boston <laughs> <laughs> has no idea what she does. But you know what? I think that speaks. I love Ron and Leslie's relationship throughout the course of this show, how well they balance each other. Yes. And I love how Ron seemingly, especially in the early seasons, pretends he doesn't give a crap, you know, like mm-hmm. very early on. But it's clear he loves her and he goes to bat for her a lot whenever it looks like, you know, she's facing mm-hmm. her. Uh, he's still trying to deny it in our next episode, too. He is. He is. We'll go to that. So he he has the hardest time admitting that he, he cares about Leslie. <laughs> or that he, even that he's friends with Leslie. <laughs> Did we say it passed the line of test? I don't think it does. I, I would say to. no. I don't think there's any change. And yeah. even and I've argued you don't need the change for it, but I don't see any moment in this special where it says that's what Christmas is all about. Wait, maybe well not necessarily Christmas, but there's a grown appreciation where these people realize just how important Leslie is. But There's I don't girl- think that has anything yeah. to do with Christmas. Is the I only know. With this one. I know. I wish it did. I, I pulled my arm out of socket reaching for that one. Making that stretch. <laughs> I could tell. You need help, but, like, snapping it back in? <laughs> no, my joints actually come out and go back in all the time. So, are we don't just... Don't do it! Don't do it! Whoa! My wrist bends all the way around. Hold on. That is wild. And then it goes back in. Yeah. 
There you go. You're welcome. Anthony's disgusted. <laughs> so are we ranking this just against its counterpart? Yes. All right. So for Christmas Scandal, what do you rank it? 8.75. I'll give it an 8.5. I'm going to go with a 7.9. Cool. We come out with an 8.3833333. That is solid. Okay. So our next one is season five episode nine this aired in 2012 in december of 2012 ron and diane is the name of this one anthony you want to give us the synopsis for this episode sure tammy shows up so for those who don't know tammy is ron's ex-wife played by nick offerman's real wife yes megan mulaney which is hilarious but um (laughs) Tammy shows up at an award ceremony to sabotage Ron's new relationship, and four of Jerry's co-workers are shocked that he's throwing a Christmas party without me. <laughs> um, so I love how I, you're already laughing. <laughs> I just want to say, I love Tammy on this show, and I love all of the Ron and Tammy episodes and how she just brings out this crazy side of Ron. And how oh he goodness. just... He has this ability in every episode she's in to sense she's around without before seeing her. Like <laughs> this episode, Leslie goes to warn him. And it's like she's here, isn't she? Like, yeah, just, I can tell. <laughs> I love it so much. So real quick, then let's run over. So we've got Megan Mullally that is playing Tammy too, because if you've watched the show, you know that Ron has actually been married to more than one Tammy. Um, both of them evil and his mom's name is also Tammy adding a little bit of weirdness into the mix. So um, Megan Mullally plays Tammy too. She's definitely she the, the library and she's a librarian. So there is this deep hatred between the library like department and parks and rec, like they're sworn enemies and it is so hilarious anytime anybody in parks and rec starts to talk about the library department because they're so vicious about it that's oh one my of my God. favorite running gags throughout the whole show the library and they all hate them every single one of them jumps on it so funny so we also have two um two characters that came on after the first season second season um we've got rob Lowe who plays chris traeger who was initially brought in as a consultant yeah consultant an auditor that's it to audit the parks and rec department so he came in as an enemy so to speak he's an extremely positive um healthy super healthy neurotic character and rob lowe plays him perfectly just perfectly um and then we have adam scott who came on at the same time rob lowe did um adam scott plays ben wyatt Uh, Ben Wyatt is engaged to Leslie Knope's character by this point of the show. And Ben Wyatt came in initially as an enemy as well, auditing the Parks and Rec Department and ended up staying on and helping out and assisting. And And they were... And they Perfect. were only meant to be guest stars for a four-episode arc. And then um, they liked the chemistry of the main cast so much they kept them on, yeah. Oh, we didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. So at some point, Chris Traeger ends up dating um, Ann Perkins's character kind of off and on. So they do get intertwined with our regular cast members beyond just working side by side with them. And then we also have uh, Lucy Lawless. You will know know more popularly as Xena Warrior Princess. She is on this episode as Diane Lewis, who is dating and ends up marrying Ron Swanson's character. She is fantastic. She's That's Lucy Lawless? Yeah, that's Xena Warrior know, Princess. You really not know that? 
No. Yeah, man. Does Whoa. that make it more perfect that Ron Swanson is marrying Xena, Warrior Princess? Guys, Xena, Warrior Princess, and Kevin Sorbo's Hercules were like life wow. back in the day, guys. They really were. Oh, wow. <laughs> we also have um, a brief cameo, but it is also a recurring gag of Christy Brinkley as Jerry Gergich's wife. <laughs> That's as weird as you think it is, <laughs> given the fact that Jerry looks like he does and she looks like she does. I think we should, because you mentioned Chris is like a health nut, like super positive yes. everything. I think we should point out that Ben is just, is more than an auditor and Leslie's fiance. He was also like, yeah, this like meteoric rise as a very young person. He was like a child mayor. At 18 yes. with at 18. the Ice Town fiasco. The Ice Town fiasco got he was humiliated by it, got you know, voted out, and it really made him this bitter kind of uh cynical toward government. And then he came to Pawnee to audit the government spending there and uh yeah, opposites do attract because Leslie helped uh bring him yeah, bring him out of his uh cynical hard shell a little bit and uh a little more positive slightly. He's also a huge nerd and creates this amazing board game later in the show. Cones of Dunshire. Cones of Dunshire. <laughs> oh, good. I want them to turn that into a real game. But I mean, like, a real one. Yeah, I agree. That would be a fun Patreon episode if the three of us could get together and play Cones of Dunshire. Oh, gosh, the rules. I don't know if I could get it. <laughs> that that uh, one episode where he plays in the tournament and <laughs> he realizes he won and he just has this evil laugh as he realizes. As he's playing his opponent. And then Andy starts taking everything. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, this is mine now. <laughs> oh, yeah, didn't believe that he invented the game. That was awesome. So these characters are so good. I can't believe you don't like Chris Traeger. I love Chris Traeger. So then let's let's break the episode out. So we've got a few different storylines going on here. So Ron, um, Ron's a woodworker on the show. And Leslie, without him knowing it, submits his work for, right? He doesn't realize that she's doing it, right? No, she, she, he didn't know that she knew it because she came in singing him the Merry Congratulations song. Yeah. He had a Google alert <laughs> set like, up. How did you know? She's like, That's I've had right. a Google alert set up for Ron Swanson for eight years and it finally paid off. that's right so he has a chair entered into this woodworking competition um so it brings him out of his shell to go to a event which he doesn't do but this one he's actually really excited about because it's a bunch of woodworkers it's like he's at disney world literally and he takes diane their relationship is is newish enough for them to be you know wanting to be together and we but we've seen her a few times um, and then you have Tammy ends up showing up at the woodworking competition and kind of wreaks havoc. So we've got that storyline going on. We've got another storyline going on where Tom Haverford at the beginning of the episode has this big bucket of cash and it turns out, what do they call it? Their Jerry fund, Jerry dinner, Jerry, Jerry dinner. dinner. <laughs> so around Christmas time, every year, April, Andy, Tom, and, um, Meagle all <laughs> go out to Jerry dinner and what funds Jerry dinners every time he does something stupid, they put a dollar in a box for a year and they end up with $657 by the end of the year to go out and eat dinner. And Perkins finds out about this and she tells them they're terrible, horrible people and they should invite Jerry to go eat with them. And they're all like, ew, no, we don't want to do that. Um, so that's going on. 
And then you also have Ben and Chris. So Chris is going through a little bit of an issue after he's broken up with Ann Perkins or he's broken up with Jerry Gergich's daughter that he liked very much. And so he's kind of up in the air and Wyatt, Ben Wyatt sees this and he's like, let's do something for Christmas together. You know, let's spend some time together. And that makes Chris Trigger very happy. So that's a little tiny subplot. And there's the other plot too, where um, Diane, Ron's girlfriend, is kind of a little insecure about Leslie, how close she and Ron are, how she knows him better than anyone. Because Ron is a little private, yes. a little so Ron yeah, she me, Ron told me so much about you, like that your name is Diane and that you exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the whole episode, um, Leslie is worried about how Tammy's presence is gonna affect Diane and Ron's uh relationship. But it turns out, yeah, that uh Diane approaches Leslie saying, You're really the threat. And Leslie's like, Oh my gosh, I don't I don't even understand what that means. Like, I'm not interested in him, he's not interested in me. And Diane says it's because you know so much about him. So what ends up happening with that one, aside from the fact that Ron wins for his chair, which is super exciting, Leslie ends up distracting Tammy and taking care of that while Ron and Diane are allowed to slip away unscathed by crazy Tammy. Crazy Tammy. Oh my God. Nobody does crazy like Megan Mullally in this show. Oh my gosh. So the more Christmassy subplot is the one where uh, Tom, April, Andy, and Donna are on their way to Jerry dinner, and Donna feels bad. So she's like, we're going to go pick Jerry up. So they turn around, and they head to Jerry's house where they see a full-blown Christmas party going on at Jerry's house, and they all get super ticked because Jerry didn't invite them to the party. And they see Ann Perkins walks in and Ben and Chris walk in. So like there are clearly Parks and Rec people there. So they feel like they've been excluded. So they roll up at the back door and they're trying to get into the party. And Ann Perkins won't let them because they're all terrible people. And I love how excited Andy and Tom get when they see Santa's at the party. (laughs) Andy's like, they have Santa. And Tom is even excited. The other funny subplot is that Gary's wife... Jerry, I don't even have to call him, pick a name. Jerry's wife, Christy Brinkley, is so beautiful. And that's a running gag. How does a guy like that have a woman like that? And his daughters are beautiful. And they're so nice and warm and loving. And the daughter, that house is so pretty. It's so decorated for Christmas. And the feast is so nice and warm looking. Andy's like, they have a buffet in their house. I didn't even know you could do that. I do love that it ends up while Tom and April and Andy are ticked that Jerry did not invite them to the party. Tom realizes that he had encouraged the group to put a Jerry filter. Yeah, so Jerry actually did invite them multiple times, but it got filtered out in their email. So they really are terrible. There were a bunch of other beautiful messages like, congratulations on your wedding, rooting for you two kids. He's so sweet. (laughs) He is. Can we jump into quotes? <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Okay. I love this episode, by the way. <laughs> I do. Okay, so I love when they're driving to Jerry Dinner, and Tom is like, 
in honor of cherry dinner, let's each say our favorite cherry moment for the past year. And April's like, yes! And <laughs> Tom is like, mine was the time he slipped on the Cinnabon and landed in a bunch of garbage. And meanwhile, they're cracking up. And April's like, my favorite cherry moment was when he ate a bowl of glue. And Andy chimes in, my favorite cherry moment was when you switch-ass potato soup with glue and he didn't know. You're so cute with <laughs> bullying, babe. And they're all laughing. And Donna's just like, you know what? Anne was right. This is mean. <laughs> We're going to pick up Jerry. And April and Tom are like, no! And Donna's like, it's Christmas time. Don't you want to be good people? And Tom's like, not really. And April's like, never! <laughs> and then Andy just wants to swing by home again so he can put deodorant on because he forgot and because he needs to poop. But he can do that anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, my favorite quote, uh, like I said, Ron denies being friends with when... Uh, Leslie says that she and Ron are friends. He denies it. But then later when uh, he and Diane are alone and Diane's expressing concern about um, the, the relationship that Ron and Leslie have after he, you know, talks about how much he hates government and Leslie's view of it and how awful she is, you know, in, in that for him, he says at this very moment, Leslie is throwing herself in front of a freight train named Tammy for me and you. Leslie's a wonderful, loyal friend who is very important in my life, but I would, I would sooner visit Europe then have something romantic happen between us. And then he tells her he cares so much about Diane that if she really wanted him to, he would go to Europe. And she says, but not France, right? And he's like, oh, God, no. <laughs> Can I just say I loved his aversion to Europe? I love <laughs> the episode where they're in London, and he's like, history began in 1776, and every day anyone who tells you differently is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh ron okay so i'll chime in with a ron quote so it's towards the beginning of the episode he's he's doing his doing his talking heads and he says recently i made a chair when i was finished i thought it was a good chair i submitted it to the indiana fine woodworking association who felt it merited consideration for an award it's been a real whirlwind <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna jump in with a leslie quote and this is when she's doing a talking head talking about Diane and how much she likes her. She's like smart, funny, independent, and sexy. Diane Lewis, more like Diane Sawyer. <laughs> I love her so much. I do too. Uh, when Andy says, I'm allergic to sushi. Every time I eat more than 80 sushis, I barf. <laughs> I totally did not pick up on that, by the way. <laughs> that may be my favorite Andy quote now. Um, I, so I like at the very beginning in a very standard Leslie when she's telling Ron that she's excited to meet Diane and go to this event with him because she loves events. And she's like, you're not taking no for an answer, are you? Oh, I forgot to sing you my American Graduate Christmas Carol. Jingle bells, jingle day, jingle good for you. And he goes, get out. And she goes, yep. <laughs> <laughs> is it a little elf costume um i'm gonna go out of turn here it's not a quote but seeing ron get giddy over that yeah. random guy standing there yes um so anytime ron laughs in this show like his real laugh that's so hilarious and cute and it's like a giggle that's his real laugh it's so that cute. Is his real it's the best thing ever it makes marty laugh so much when he hears him laugh in the show so i love when tammy too shows up at the word working thing first shows up and leslie's like alert 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 and ron's like ron totally calm he's just like she's here isn't she 
<laughs> and, Ta- and Tammy shows up. Oh, hey, Ron. What a coincidence. Gosh, I never dreamed you'd be here. And Ron is like, Tammy, this is Diane. Diane, this is a piece of human garbage named Tammy. <laughs> And Tammy's like, twice ex-wife. We were married twice. And Leslie's like, and divorced twice. Everything is done. They're totally done. Tammy, what are you doing here? And Tammy's like, oh, I just have a little something I need to get drilled. Oh. <laughs> so <tacky>. so <laughs> disgusting. So, and yeah, speaking of disgusting, when Ron is giving his acceptance speech, and she's sitting at the table in front of him, like pulling down her cleavage and spreading her legs to show she's not wearing underwear. And you just see the blurred effect. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. It was tacky. It was so funny, though. It was hilarious. She plays like trashy so well. Yes. It's like a, it's like a unique trashy, though. It's not like. It's not like Trailer Park. Hope. It's not like Raising Hope or, or All American Christmas Carol trashy. It's a whole new level of trashy. Uh, like fancy trashy, like she was in Will and Grace. Okay, so I've got our Harry Potter crossover moment. So Leslie and Diane are talking, and they've just met, bear in mind. And of course, Leslie says, um, I know you didn't, but if you had gone to Hogwarts Academy, which house do you think you would have been in? Look, I mean, obviously, oh, and Diane says, look, obviously I want to say Gryffindor, but I've got to go to Hufflepuff. Leslie says, I respect your honesty. Gryffindor, seeker on the Quidditch team. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say that I'm disappointed that Leslie doesn't know it's not called Hogwarts Academy. (laughs) Oh, I didn't even think about that. You're right. I didn't even think about that either. I feel like that's out of character. I feel like she'd be nerdy enough to know what it was. She would definitely be nerdy enough to know. Yeah, that is a little disappointing. The fact that she even mentioned it was pretty amazing. Yeah, it is awesome. It's still a good moment. (laughs) Yep. Uh, I like the scene where Chris Traeger, the health nut, it's like, this is the best non-fat eggnog I've ever had. And Ben's like, don't freak out. But this is full fat eggnog. One glass isn't going to kill you. He says, no, but it will add exactly 440 calories to my day. And then later he says, um, I don't know if you know this, but things with fat in them taste way better than things that don't. <laughs> There's a good Don Amigo moment. There's a few good Don Amigo moments. But I like it when they're looking in the Gergich's house. And she goes, mm, look at that gingerbread man. Andy goes, well, I don't see any gingerbread cookies. She goes, I'm talking about that jacked up light-skinned dude. Looks like Blake Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> Oklahoma shout out. Yeah, that's right. So for those who haven't seen the show, Ron Swanson moonlights as a jazz player called Duke Silver. And yeah. nobody knows about this. So in a really sweet moment at the end, he takes Diane to see him play. And it's kind of his way of opening up to her and letting her in a bit. I love when he first gets on stage and he's like, and he's like introducing himself, the song. He's like, it might be cold outside. That's about to get all, warm all up in my jazz. And then he's playing Christmas music. Oh, I love Duke Silver. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Of course you do, Julia. You're a girl. Yeah. Every woman likes Duke Silver. Yeah, I love how that one woman leans over to Diane. She goes, you're so lucky. And the other one leans over and she's like, I'm going to kill you. (laughs) (laughs) I like Tom. (laughs) When they're outside of the house, he's like, it's cold outside. I can't wear my mittens because they're not flattering to my hands. I liked when uh, Tammy sits down at the table right before Ron's about to get up and give a speech. And she's like, oh my gosh, what a quinky dink. Look, we're sitting at the same table. And Leslie's like, Tammy, this table is reserved. And Tammy's like, a guy traded me a C for a peek and squeeze. That's my boob and my butt, respectively. Remember that, Ron? And Diane's just like, subtle. 
<laughs> so I like it when um, Leslie is trying to prove to Ron that they're close, and she's but she's addressing the fact that Diane feels a tiny bit threatened by their relationship. Leslie goes, I kind of see where Diane's coming from. We are close friends, and I'm really involved in your life. And Ron just goes, I wouldn't say we're close. By Swanson standards, we're close. I know what your birthday is. He goes, so does Baskin Robbins. <laughs> she goes, I know that you secretly love artichokes and plums. Keep your voice down, woman. <laughs> we're friends. <laughs> also, we learned Ron's middle name in this episode. Yes, which is perfect middle name for him. Ulysses Swanson. <laughs> I work with the Ulysses. Do you really? I do. So you have literary parents. Oh, and he's a hunter. Like he he hunted the best, the biggest, he has a record for the largest alligator caught and wrestled in Florida. And he oh hunts like, gosh. got chased up a tree with a bow and arrow, like by a wild 2,000 pound boar. Like he has some like amazing hunting stories. Did not oh know God. there was a record for the largest alligator wrestled in a Florida? I'm sorry, you can't say wrestled when you're talking about alligators. It's got to be wrestled. Okay, I have another quote, and it's kind of piggybacks off what Tom said earlier about the mittens, and it's when they're trying to get into the party and talking to Anne. And it is when Anne first opens the door. She's like, well, 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 you want to come into Jerry's party, and why is that? And April's like, I need a place to deliver this baby, Anne. It's coming on me right now. I'm pregnant. And Anne's like, this is a lovely party thrown by a lovely man and his lovely family. There's no place for meanies. And April's like, oh, forget it. I'm coming in. And she tries to get past Anne, but Anne, <laughs> she holds her off, like, really easily. And April's like, ow, get off me. And Anne's like, you're so weak. Really? I'm barely even doing anything. Are you iron deficient? Let me look at your pulse. And she's <laughs> looking at her wrist. And April's like, it's because of your man strength, man Perkins. <laughs> <laughs> I like it when people do the puns on people's names. Like, did you guys watch King of Queens? Well, yeah, we did. We talked about this. Um, when she called him Fat Sajak. <laughs> yeah. No. One of my favorite quotes from any TV show. My favorite insults is Fat Sajak. The only other one I would call out is when they find Ron's car at the end and Leslie's locked in the trunk and <laughs> Tammy's in handcuffs. And she's like, let me out, officer. Can you, officer, can you, Ron, can you get them to let me out of these handcuffs? That way I can lock them on you. And Diane, proving she's the perfect woman for Ron, jumps in and says, yes, please, officer, let her out of the handcuffs. I want it to be a fair fight. I really love Diane. I do. So does this episode pass the line this time? I would say this one passes it more than the other ones do. The other one did. Yeah. Because we've got, yeah, like on the Gergich side, you know, the whole crew realizing that, you know, one, they don't need to be jerks to Jerry, and two, that Jerry really cares for them, and they feel guilty about it. And I like to think they have a change of heart, at least until the next episode starts when they get right back to it. And then the whole, you know, Leslie sacrificing for Ron and Diane's success, I think it does. I think it does. I actually got more feelings of Christmas than the other one. Really? I, I got all the Christmas feels at the Gergich house, all of them. Me too. Especially like when they're sitting around playing the piano and singing together as a family until the girls do that really weird reindeer prance thing that they do. See, I got all the Christmas feels at the end of the last one. Do you think it passes Linus test, Anthony? I don't think either of them do for me. The change from the, the office crew when they see in the Christmas season setting all the love that Jerry had for them and none of that but meant anything. They're not really sorry, though. I think I for a moment they are. Maybe me being informed by the rest of the series, but they're not so they don't change. 
But if this were all you saw, you wouldn't know that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I feel like that's a little, I mean, all of these episodes are like little things in and of themselves. There's never consequences for what happened before. You know what I mean? We'll remain divided on that one. We will remain divided on that one. We had a nice Let's conversation about it. Rank it then. Nine and a half. Oh yeah, I'm giving it a ten. I'm giving it a seven. Ooh. Oh, I I expect- oh my god, how funny is that? This one is eight point eight three 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 three. The last one was eight point three eight three 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 three. So just two little digits split. <laughs> so this funny. one wins out by less than point fifty. But that's funny that like they come so close. I like they were both good. They were both good. This was fun. We haven't had like quote bonanza in quite no, a few episodes, not. I feel like. And I feel no. like these T V ones really bring it out. So I'm super excited for the next month. Keep the conversation going alive, folks, unless you're gonna do a weird creepy mashup of uh <laughs> Julia and Anthony. You can find us on all the social medias, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook by going to Tis the podcast slash Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, and uh, engage with us that way. We'd love to hear from you. Give us your thoughts on this episode, on Parks and Rec in general. You know, one thing I, I kind of miss, we haven't had in a while, we haven't had too many people um, telling us how wrong we are. So either <laughs> we're doing a really good job or people have gotten given up hope. But uh, I'd love to hear what you like or don't like that we're doing. Keep us help us make the show better and the best way to do that is on social media to get input from you and start a conversation with other listeners um and i also want somebody in the reddit sphere specifically maybe jeb scrubs since she since he put that uh image of me and julia together last week or two weeks ago now whenever that was uh photoshop tom no <laughs> photoshop tom into the background with a cross like <laughs> i don't want any part of that <laughs> it still haunts um, my dreams. I don't want to be a part of that abomination. <laughs> Tom, you 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 know now. You know now that I'm gonna like frame that for you for Christmas or something. Oh my <laughs> gosh. You make it into one of those big quilts. Oh screen print faces onto it. Oh my god. <laughs> Keep laughing like, it up, Chuckles. I'm gonna make that into a uh, a Patreon or purchasable <laughs> gift. Yeah. Somebody can buy it from our site. Oh my gosh. That's you horrifying. That's amazing. That's our first button. I'm sending it to every patron. Put that button on Patreon all you want. For our patrons, we offer a lot of good content on Patreon. So if you want Tis the Podcast bonus content, go to patreon.com slash Tis the Podcast. Where as for as little as a dollar per month, you can get full-length bonus episodes. Uh Considering a whole bunch of things, extended Christmas episodes, Halloween episodes, Thanksgiving episodes. As Tom mentioned jokingly, we are going to have to some podcast buttons at some point. And we know we've had a lot of interest in sweatshirts and t-shirts. And I know at some point we're planning on selling those as well. So keep your eye out. Lots of cool stuff up there. So if you want to get your homework started early and know what we're going to be talking about next week, we will be covering Modern Families Christmas episodes. And those episodes are... So season one's Undeck the Halls. Season three's Express Christmas. Season five's The Old Man and the Tree. And season seven's White Christmas. So they tend to do a Christmas episode every other year. So four episodes total probably another it'll probably be another quote extravaganza which i'm excited for it's a good chance of that 
And then the week after, we will be covering the Christmas episodes from 30 Rock. I don't have those right now, everybody. I'm just doing this for the Christmas Spectacular episode. I'll get the others together before next week. (laughs) So next week, we'll let you know which ones to watch. All right, guys. So you've got your homework for the next two weeks. Come back next week and join us. We'll talk about Modern Family. And until then, Christmas wishes. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. That was such a delayed reaction. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.